0: Is a Sanskrit word that means action and refers to the universal law of cause and effect. In simple terms, karma describes how our actions, thoughts and intentions influence our lives and our future experiences. It is like the idea that every action has a reaction. Many people think that karma is something very esoteric mystical, new age, or hippie. But in reality, it refers to action and consequence. And we see it everywhere. Everything has causes and consequences, right? We see it very clearly with fruits. You plant a seed and a tree grows. If the seed is an apple seed, then an apple tree will grow, not a banana tree. In the same way, it is logical to realize that our mental, communicative, and physical actions also have consequences. Sometimes we get confused because we don't see clearly when the cause is being planted and when the result is being experienced. And sometimes we see incredible things in the world, such as people who have money, power, and pleasures, and whose lives seem magnificent and very happy. But they are malicious people, not intrinsically bad, however, they may be manifesting destructive behavior that harms others. And sometimes we wonder why there are people who have so much and their actions are negative. And it is because everything they have in the present is not the result of this immediate negative action, but of constructive actions they carried out previously. In Buddhism, it is considered that actions we took in previous lives can ripen in this life. But we can see in this very life how we all have a mix of actions that generate different karmic impressions. For example, we have carried out actions with positive motivations. We have also carried out actions with negative or destructive motivations. And this person may be experiencing the result of causes they cultivated in the past. But what they are cultivating today which is destruction and suffering, will attract suffering in the future. If you have spent your time harming beings, it is very likely that you will experience other beings harming you. Likewise, when we cultivate kindness, love, compassion and generosity, we are creating the causes to receive the same. So, everything we do, say and think has an effect. These actions can be positive, negative or neutral, depending on our motivation and the impact they have on other beings. The consequences can be immediate or can manifest in the future, even in future lives, according to the theory of rebirth proposed by some contemplative traditions. Buddhism describes some key features of karma. Karma is definite. Karmic imprints are not lost. Once generated, the consequences will be experienced. That is, if we do nothing about it, because we can do something to purify them. The consequence is similar to the cause, which means happiness always comes from constructive actions and suffering from destructive actions. Karma can be expansive, since a single action can generate multiple effects over time. A small action can lead to a very large result, for example, gossip can greatly damage a person's reputation and cause them much suffering. If the cause has not been created, the result will not be experienced. If we don't act destructively, we will not experience pain and obstacles. Likewise, if we do not create the causes for the realizations of the path, we will not obtain the results we want. Although the karma generated in the past can influence our current experiences, We are not destined to suffer the consequences of our karma in an unchangeable way. We can neutralize or transform our karma through conscious and positive actions, such as practicing generosity, patience and meditation. Continuing with the seed metaphor, it represents a potential. The seed is not the apple tree, but within that tiny seed is all the potential for an apple tree with many apples to grow. It is there that is the substantial cause. What does it need to become a tree? It needs cooperative causes. For example, it needs soil, water, sun, rain, all the elements that contribute to that potential being manifested. If there is no soil, water, sun, fertilizer, etc., that seed will not blossom, even though it has that potential. Suppose you keep it stored in a closet. In a place where there is no air and no humidity, then that seed can remain ungerminated for 100 years, right? But when the appropriate conditions arrive or manifest, for example, someone takes it out of the closet and plants it and waters it, then the tree will grow. Now, if you burn that same seed, you will have nullified its potential to bloom as a tree. Or you can for example accelerate its growth through methods and technology but it's not possible for the tree to grow on the same day you plant the seed we can influence both the causes and the consequences another metaphor i like is that when you perform an action it's like a vector that has a force a direction a path that is already traced. However, as long as it has not reached its destination, you can do several things. For example, you can apply an opposing force. You can deflect it a little, and although it will give a result, it may not be as negative. Or you can perhaps neutralize it and reduce its intensity. It will give the same result, but since you applied an opposing force, the intensity will not be as strong and big. In Tibetan Buddhism, it's common to do purification retreats, during which sometimes a small illness arises. It is said that a karma has been purified, which might have led to a very terrible illness, but because you did so much purification practice, it manifested as a small discomfort and was purified. This network of causes and conditions is very complex, but it is said that as long as this action has not reached its destination, we can do many things. However, when it is very close to maturing or ripening, its result is inevitable, even if you repent and practice purification. For example, you're driving and accelerating towards a cliff. If you press the brake a few kilometers before, you can stop that force, that momentum and the destiny, the consequence of the car falling off the cliff will not happen. But you have to push the brake well in advance. However, if you press the brake when you're already about to fall off, it doesn't matter how hard you press it, the car will fall. It's a consequence of having too much inertia, and there's nothing you can do. You will experience the result of that action. In the tradition of Tibetan Buddhism, it is said that it's possible to make that purification if you apply the four opponent powers. Not if you apply one, but you have to apply all four. That is why we are going to do the Meditation of the Four Opponent Powers, which consists of repenting, repairing the action, determining not to perform the action in the future, and applying a remedy practice, such as helping in a community, practicing generosity. And there is also a practice in Vajrayana Buddhism, where we visualize our primordial mind manifesting as a white Buddha that fills us with purifying nectar, while reciting the mantra of the hundred syllables. This meditation is effective because you are using your body, your mind, your speech, together at that moment with the intention to purify an action. And then you dedicate the practice and generate the intention not to relapse into those actions. And all that helps. You can believe it or not, but the important thing is to see what effect it has on your life. You can, for example, say well, I'm going to stop cultivating destructive actions of body, speech and mind, and cultivate constructive actions for a while, and see if it has any positive effect on my life. Always check that your motivation is constructive. I'll share something personal. Several years ago, when I was at Kupan Monastery in Nepal, I decided to do the 3-month Vashasalva Purification Retreat, and it was incredible. It was wonderful because we spent 3 months in silence. We did 8 hours a day of purification practice and we had to reflect on all the actions we could remember and purify them on all the topics that could arise and even include actions we didn't remember but surely did with some selfish motivation it was a time to purify and purify and recite 100,000 mantras of this practice something incredible really happens when you spend so many hours doing this practice first you enter a state of concentration where your object of meditation is both the visualization and the mantra second in your dreams you wake up and you're reciting the mantra and doing the practice you are so habituated that you begin to have what are called purification dreams where you dream that things in your life are getting fixed dreams with the nectar with many things that symbolize purification you also start to feel like a weight is being lifted off of you there are times when you get very emotional times when you experience great peace times when you experience great happiness and also times when you feel bad it's also difficult because you spend hours and hours sitting in the meditation posture reciting the mantra and in silence without stimuli Without the internet, feeling cold, and although you have the support of the group, it's difficult. For me, it was a very transformative experience, and I am grateful to have done it. There is a great book called The Tantric Path of Purification by Lama Yeshe, who was one of the founders of Kopan Monastery in Nepal, and we had to read all that text, which is quite long. We had to read it in its entirety to prepare for the retreat. It was very interesting to see that many of the things he mentioned in the book did happen during the retreat. I don't know if much of my karma was purified or not, because it's hard to know, but I can tell you that the retreat was very beneficial to me. When I left, I had more clarity about where I wanted to direct my life, what I wanted to do, and how I wanted to live each day. So whether you engage in a tantric practice or not, I think it's common sense that if you perform constructive actions, this will bring you happiness. In summary, karma is like an invisible force that connects our actions with their outcomes. If you want to lead a happy and prosperous life, it is important to be aware of your actions. Karma teaches us that we are responsible for our actions and their consequences. By understanding karma, We realize that we can improve our lives and those of the people around us if we act with wisdom and compassion. And well, it's a very complex topic. I would recommend reading Geshe Sopa's commentary on the Lamb Dream text. Geshe Sopa had many Western students and gave lectures on this Lamb Dream text. The lectures and teachings were published in a compilation called Steps on the Path to Enlightenment. There is a volume that talks only about karma, It's very interesting because it is said that the Buddha was able to recall all of his entire life and past lives. And there is a book that talks about some of the Buddha's past lives. He came to the conclusion that there was no beginning, that we have been living in ignorance for a long time, repeating the same patterns, but discovered that there is an exit. It's the cultivation of wisdom, knowing how we exist and how reality exists and breaking the cycle of conditioned existence that generates constant suffering. There are those who believe that we cannot escape from this, but the Buddha tells us that it is not so. He tells us that what we experience is mainly the result of the motivation with which we acted in the past. And if we change our motivation and our actions in the present, then we can transform our future and experience happiness. Well, I hope you continue reflecting on this topic. Thanks for listening.